welcome everyone to Understanding the I Am That Is You podcast. Yay! Hey everybody, it's your girl Wynn Ruffin, and I pray all is well with everyone, and your hearts and minds are full of love, joy, and compassion for yourselves and everyone else all over the world. And regardless of all the negativity in the world at this time, let not our hearts be troubled, for there is still goodness to be found and much light amidst the darkness. When we first believe in and focus on the light of the living God already within us, our mighty I Am Presence. Now, that does not mean for us to neglect the issues that we presently face in this world But when we focus our attention on the light of the living God within us and proceed in all things from a place of love, then the darkness, being void of love and light, or unaware of its own, becomes powerless in its efforts to conquer. Amen. Give thanks and praises for love and light, and y'all be loved. Do not let your hearts be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. My Father's house has many rooms, if that were not so, would I have told you that I am going there to prepare a place for you? And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come back and take you to be with me that you also may be where I am. You know the way to the place where I am going. Thomas said to him, Lord, we don't know where you are going, so how can we know the way? Jesus answered, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. If you really know me, you will know my Father as well. From now on, you do know him and have seen him. Philip said, Lord, show us the Father and that will be enough for us. Jesus answered, Don't you know me, Philip, even after I have been among you such a long time? Anyone who has seen me has seen the Father. How can you say, show us the Father? Don't you believe that I am in the Father, and that the Father is in me? The words I say to you I do not speak on my own authority. Rather, it is the Father, living in me, who is doing his work. Believe me when I say that I am in the Father and the Father is in me, or at least believe on the evidence of the works themselves. Very truly I tell you, whoever believes in me will do the works I have been doing, and they will do even greater things than these because I am going to the Father. And I will do whatever you ask in my name, so that the Father may be glorified in the Son. You may ask me for anything in my name, and I will do it. If you love me, keep my commands. And I will ask the Father, and he will give you another advocate to help you and be with you forever, the Spirit of Truth. The world cannot accept him, because it neither sees him nor knows him. But you know him, for he lives with you and will be in you. I will not leave you as orphans, I will come to you. Before long, the world will not see me anymore, but you will see me. Because I live, you also will live. On that day you will realize that I am in my Father, and you are in me, and I am in you. Whoever has my commands and keeps them is the one who loves me. 
The one who loves me will be loved by my father, and I too will love them and show myself to them. Then Judas, not Judas Iscariot, said, But, Lord, why do you intend to show yourself to us and not to the world? Jesus replied, Anyone who loves me will obey my teaching. My father will love them, and we will come to them and make our home with them. Anyone who does not love me will not obey my teaching. These words you hear are not my own, they belong to the Father who sent me. All this I have spoken while still with you. But the Advocate, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you all things and will remind you of everything I have said to you. Peace I leave with you, my peace I give you. I do not give to you as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled and do not be afraid. You heard me say, I am going away, and I am coming back to you. If you loved me, you would be glad that I am going to the Father, for the Father is greater than I. I have told you now before it happens, so that when it does happen you will believe. I will not say much more to you, for the Prince of this world is coming. He has no hold over me, but he comes so that the world may learn that I love the Father and do exactly what my Father has commanded me. May the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ, and the love of God, and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit, be with you all. Amen. John 14, 2 Corinthians 13 14 Volume 2, Chapter 1 This very Trinitarian idea, as well as the so bitterly denounced doctrine of emanations, whence their remotest origin. The answer is easy, and every proof is now at hand. In the sublime and profoundest of all philosophies, that of the universal wisdom religion, the first traces of which, historical research now finds in the old pre-Vedic religion of India, as the much-abused Jacqueline well remarks, it is not the religious works of antiquity, such as the Vedas, the Zendavesta, or the Bible, that we have to search, for the exact expression of the ennobling and sublime beliefs of those epochs. The holy primitive syllable, composed of the three letters A, U, M, in which is contained the Vedic Trimurti, Trinity, must be kept secret, like another triple Veda, says Manu, in Book 11, Sloka 265. Swayamhuva is the unrevealed deity, it is the being existent through and of itself, he is the central and immortal germ of all that exists in the universe. Three trinities emanate and are confounded in him, forming a supreme unity. These trinities, or triple trimurti, are the Nara, Nari and Varaji, the initial triad, the Agni, Bhya and Surya, the manifested triad, Brahma, Vishnu and Shiva, the creative triad. Each of these triads becomes less metaphysical and more adapted to the vulgar intelligence as it descends. Thus, the last becomes but the symbol in its concrete expression, the necessarianism of a purely metaphysical conception. Together with Swayamhuva, they are the ten Sephiroth of the Hebrew Kabbalists, the ten Hindu Prajapatis, the Ensof of the former, answering to the great unknown, expressed by the mystic AUM of the latter. Says Frank, the translator of the Kabbalah, the ten Sephiroth are divided into three classes, each of them presenting to us the divinity under a different aspect, the whole still remaining an indivisible trinity. The first three Sephiroth are purely intellectual in metaphysics, they express the absolute identity of existence and thought, and form what the modern capitalists call the intelligible world, which is the first manifestation of God. The three that follow, make us conceive God in one of their aspects, 
as the identity of goodness and wisdom, in the other they show to us, in the supreme good, the origin of beauty and magnificence, in the creation. Therefore, they are named the virtues, or the sensible world. Finally, we learn, by the last three sephiroth, that the universal providence, that the supreme artist is also absolute force, the all-powerful cause, and that, at the same time, this cause is the generative element of all that is. It is these last sephiroth that constitute the natural world, or nature in its essence and in its active principle. Nature and Natrans This Kabbalistic conception is thus proved identical with that of the Hindu philosophy. Whoever reads Plato and his dialogue to Maeus, will find these ideas as faithfully re-echoed by the Greek philosopher. Moreover, the injunction of secrecy was as strict with the Kabbalists, as with the initiates of the Adida and the Hindu yogis. Close thy mouth, lest thou shouldst speak of this, the mystery, and thy heart, lest thou shouldst think aloud, and if thy heart has escaped thee, bring it back to its place, for such is the object of our alliance. Sever Jezere, Book of Creation This is a secret which gives death, close thy mouth lest thou shouldst reveal to the vulgar, compress thy brain lest something should escape from it, and fall outside. A Grouchata Parikshai H.P. Blavatsky Truly the fate of many a future generation hung on a gossamer thread, in the days of the 3rd and 4th centuries. Had not the emperor sent in 389 to Alexandria a rescript, which was forced from him by the Christians, for the destruction of every idol, our own century would never have had a Christian mythological pantheon of its own. Never did the Neoplatonic school reach a height of philosophy as when nearest its end. Uniting the mystic theosophy of old Egypt with the refined philosophy of the Greeks, nearer to the ancient mysteries of Thebes and Memphis than they had been for centuries, versed in the science of soothing and divination, as in the art of the therapeutists, friendly with the acutest men of the Jewish nation, who were deeply imbued with the Zoroastrian ideas, the Neoplatonists tended to amalgamate the old wisdom of the Oriental Kabbalah with the more refined conceptions of the Occidental Theosophists. Notwithstanding the treason of the Christians, who saw fit, for political reasons, after the days of Constantine, to repudiate their tutors, the influence of the new Platonic philosophy is conspicuous in the subsequent adoption of dogmas, the origin of which can be traced but too easily to that remarkable school. Though mutilated and disfigured, they still preserve a strong family likeness, which nothing can obliterate. But, if the knowledge of the occult powers of nature opens the spiritual sight of man, enlarges his intellectual faculties, and leads him unerringly to a profounder veneration for the Creator, on the other hand ignorance, dogmatic narrow-mindedness, and a childish fear of looking to the bottom of things, invariably leads to fetish worship and superstition. When Cyril, the Bishop of Alexandria, had openly embraced the cause of Isis, the Egyptian goddess, and had anthropomorphized her into Mary, the mother of God, and the Trinitarian controversy had taken place. From that moment the Egyptian doctrine of the emanation of the creative God out of the meth began to be tortured in a thousand ways, until the councils had agreed upon the adoption of it as it now stands, the disfigured ternary of the capitalistic Solomon and Philo. But, as its origin was yet too evident, the word was no longer called a heavenly man, the primal Adam Codman, but became the Logos, Christ, and was made as old as the Ancient of the Ancient, his father. The concealed wisdom became identical with its emanation, the divine thought, and made to be regarded co-equal and co-eternal, with its first manifestation. H. P. Blavatsky
The I Am Discourses, Volume 15. When you begin with the great central sun's cosmic power and sun presence of the sacred fire's healing flame of love, forgiveness, and mercy, as you maintain this by conscious command, let it go forth and consume all substance and all disease and all feeling that holds mankind bound in the destructive conditions of ill health and poverty and distress of every kind, do not fail, if you need this assistance yourselves, or if you need and desire to call it forth into outer physical conditions, not only in healing channels, but in many activities of mankind, where love, mercy, and forgiveness are needed in the physical octave of life, to salvage one life stream after another, and take it out of the clutches of the destructive forces, that have sought to desecrate it and destroy it. The need of this world for love, forgiveness and mercy is very grave, and permanent peace cannot come to the earth until this love, mercy, and forgiveness has entered in. This sacred fire purifying love must come into the energy of the emotional body of every individual, if there is to be enough light in the physical world to strengthen the constructive impulses in individuals, to hold peace. All the turmoil that is in the various parts of the world tonight is the generation of discord, discordant feeling not only just over the last few years, the mass accumulation has been gathering since the sinking of Atlantis, which is 14,000 years ago. This is a mass accumulation of mankind's hard feeling. So, from tonight, whenever you see things that are wrong in the outer world, just call the great central sun's cosmic legions of the angelic host's sacred fire consuming love, forgiveness, and mercy, that goes directly into the emotional body, into the feeling world of individuals and all life, even into the animal life, and forces the consuming. This cosmic flame of sacred fire love, forgiveness, and mercy to life, entering into the energy of the feeling world, goes into it and consumes the heart feeling. Now we enter into the use of the law of forgiveness. And my dear ones, you not only must forgive mankind's miscreation of this world, you must forgive your own. Who else can forgive it? Who else can give you the violet consuming flame to act within yourselves but your own beloved I am presence and the ascended host? Mankind cannot do it. Beloved Lady Master Nada If you wish to become some of the legions of love, of the sacred fire's love, forgiveness, and mercy to life, we can move you into certain conditions, and while you are occupied with something that's constructive, there can flood forth in and around you great oceans, if need be, of the sacred fire from our octave, from our great temples of the sacred fire, and from the physical sun, and the great central sun. There can flow great streams, great oceans of the sacred fire's purifying love, forgiveness, and mercy to life that will soften the feeling of masses of the people, and will consume the pressure upon the emotional bodies of the people, to the point where there can be released the desire from the heart to go forward and hold to that which is constructive. This is the reason the mighty Saint Germain said that in this immediate activity of the present century, as more of this violet consuming flame comes into outer world activities, many life streams whom you thought could not and would not turn to the light at this time, because of the accumulation of discord of the past, many of those life streams will awaken and suddenly decide to do the constructive thing, and will surprise themselves and others also. So, you never can tell except through the assistance of an ascended being what is in the causal body of the individual which suddenly can release the strength of its light into the outer self, to turn that one away from the clutches of destructive conditions. The mighty Saint Germain told these messengers some years ago that in dealing with individuals, 
when from the outer self it seemed the individual would not do right, he is given opportunity again and again and again to help the individual do right, until he has exhausted the opportunities for the individual to turn back to the constructive way of life, and receive the added strength of the light from the causal body, and draw it into outer physical conditions to balance the life stream, and make it strong enough to go forward on the constructive way of life. This is the way we balance forces from the inner level, and no one can tell except an ascended being how much light is in the causal body. But every wave of love, pure Christ love, that you send to any part of life is the release of the sacred fire and cosmic Christ substance of eternal light, because pure Christ love is immortal. It is the immortal flame of your own beloved I am presence and the ascended host. Therefore, when you call this forth into outer conditions to force mankind to awaken and turn away from the destructive forces that seek to engulf them, you may render service, my dear ones, that will bless thousands of life streams for all centuries to come. Beloved Lady Master Nada